Thanks for joining us here at the Light San Diego podcast. This sermon was recorded in Encinitas, California. For more information, please visit our website, lightsandiego.com. Well, we just got back from taking a couple weeks off as a family, um, and it feels so good to be back. Uh, and so today we are doing a couple things. One, we are going to be ending our series on the parables um, as we get ready for a new series that starts next week called Future Church. I'm really excited about it. Um, but also today is going to be a little bit different in that I would love, rather than just uh, kind of teaching straight from the scriptures, we, we will do that. Um, but also wanted just to have a time of reflection um, of where I'm at, our time off, and just some things I feel like the Lord has been showing me and um, through that showing our church. Um, and so would love for you, if you have a Bible around you, just to open it up to Psalm 23. Um, I actually wrote another message for uh, this Sunday and I kept being drawn back to this passage, a familiar passage, um, but one that I feel is pivotal and profound and significant for this time. And so Psalm 23 says this, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valleys, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Um, if you were, were in person a couple weeks back at Light Church, um, I felt uh, really prompted as we talked about the easy yoke of Christ, um, just to kind of be vulnerable and to share a moment in my life. And if you weren't in person, then you, this is a new story for you. Um, but while I was preaching, I ended up having an anxiety attack at our 9 a.m. gathering something I hadn't had in a couple, many years, actually. Um, and it was scary and overwhelming. Um, almost walked off the, the platform. Ended up being able to kind of, kind of make it through that service, but it, it was jarring. And um, that happened two weeks before the Easy Yoke sermon. And during the Easy Yoke, I just was encouraged by Jen um, and I believe prompted by the Holy Spirit just to share that. And the response that I got from just that honesty and that vulnerability was was pretty massive. Of people just identifying with that and thanking for the honesty. And, and I went into these last two weeks off really feeling like I needed that. Like, okay, I, apparently I, my body and my soul needs just to rest. Um, but if you've ever struggled with anxiety, if you ever had a panic attack or an anxiety attack, you, you realize there's the, the event 
but then there's kind of the aftershocks after it um, of just being afraid that that's going to happen again. And so I went into vacation kind of with this fear of like, man, what is, what was that? Um, and to be honest, went into these two weeks with a couple of kind of um, couple significant things. Number one is I was able just to go and spend time with Jesus as my shepherd. Let him shepherd my soul um, and let him just really and really connect with him without any need to go and reproduce that or go and, and turn that into a sermon or a teaching just to go and be filled by him. And it was so good. Um, not to mention just the time to get to be with my wife. We've got to celebrate 15 years of marriage and get to spend time with our kids before they go back to school. Um, but I also spend time reading um, some really significant authors and pastors who are much older than me. A couple of them have already passed away. And reading what they say about the soul and about pastoring. And, and I, I realized something through that is I feel very comfortable being a Bible teacher, but there is something about um, sharing my own story, where I'm at, my own vulnerability. That doesn't come as naturally for me, probably for a couple of reasons. One is I have an immense amount of respect and awe for the Word of God, and I, that's where I want to spend most of my time. Uh, the second thing is my personality tends to, to not really make a lot of room or value for my own personal experience. I would much rather spend time on someone else's personal experience. So through these past couple of weeks, I just wanted to kind of enter into this text and rather than just teaching it, which I've done before, you've heard it before, but I wanted to actually share the experience of this text in my life. Um, as we end the parables before this next series, um, just to kind of give maybe you, maybe you're watching online, maybe you come in person, but you're watching online this week, um, maybe just a glimpse, a window of what it's like, not so much um, me as some sort of spiritual expert or professional religious person, but just as a follower of Jesus. And this text for me is kind of the anchor point. Um, and there's three movements in this poem. There's the restorer of the soul. There's the comforter in the valley. And then there's the one who prepares the table. And all three of these things have been pivotal for me these past couple of weeks. Number one, being the restorer of my soul. Um, I ran into these two weeks off knowing I needed my soul restored. Um, I knew that. And what I didn't realize was how, how unaware sometimes I am of my own well-being, of my own soul. And maybe for you while you're watching this, that might be you. You can be aware of how your finances are doing, how your physical health is doing, but you don't pay very close attention to how your soul is doing. And I might totally relate with that. Now, Frederick Buechner is one of the books I've been reading during this time off, and he says this, ministers run the awful risk of ceasing to be witness to the presence in their own lives, let alone in the lives of the people they're trying to minister to, 
of a living God who transcends everything they think they know and can say about him and is full of extraordinary surprises. Instead, they tend to become professionals who have mastered all the techniques of institutional religion and who speak on religious matters with what often seems a maximum of authority and a minimum of vital personal involvement. And in this book, this guy just starts reading my mail. Like it's, it's, it's hard for me, and maybe for someone here who's watching, to, to allow the vulnerability, the awareness of my own self, my own soul, to take precedence when we talk about the things of God. And it's so much easier just to, to again, honor the word of God, teach the word of God, but then somehow we're removed from it. And I just felt God saying, no, 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 my word is living. My spirit is in you. I'm calling those things to merge your personal experience, my personal experience, your personal experience, the word of God, the spirit of God should not be separated. And um, I felt really convicted of that. And and one of the other the other, other authors I was reading was Eugene Peterson, who's just one of my all-time favorites. He's passed away now a few years ago. Um, most famously known for authoring the message version of the Bible, but um, which is a brilliant piece of work. Anyone who spends time interpreting the entire Bible is, you know, you should buy that guy a cup of coffee. But I think some of his best work is just writing on pastoring. And there's a couple of things that he points out that I, again, for me, spoke deeply. And I wanted to share them with you just to give greater insight um, into my own journey. Um, one of the things that he points out that I, I just totally resonated with is how in pastoring, you never gain this level of mastery or a full competence. You're always learning. You're always developing and growing. You always kind of feel like a little bit behind. And I just, and maybe, and I always thought that was just because I was young um, as a 35 year old pastor. But um, hearing that from someone who is, who pastored more than 50 years and is just kind of one of the greatest pictures in our day and age of what a pastor is, just say, he's like, I just don't know if I ever fully figured it out. And and he points out, he's like, it's kind of the only profession that you can do that. It's like a doctor or an engineer. Um, if you mess up like one time, your job's at risk. But in pastoring, you actually never fully get there. And um, and so I just wanted to commit myself to you as, as the pastor of Light Church to not pretend like I have it all together. To not to pretend to feel like I'm somehow need to be more wiser than I am. Um, and even saying this into a camera right now that Aaron's holding. Uh, whoever's watching this, I just want to let you know, I, I, I want to offer my humanity and my shortcomings as much as my gifts. To offer my weaknesses as much as my strength. And that I believe that that's going to be the best way forward. Um, and I just want to commit that to you. And then the second thing he points out is something that is one of the uniquenesses of pastoring that makes it sometimes difficult. It is this idea of you having to be in two places at once, um, both metaphorically and sometimes literally. But this is what he says. 
there's a kind of pastoral tension or polarity that I never get used to. The identification with the world of loss and limit and pain and rejection and suffering on one side, and the world of order and prosperity and success and reward and security and achievement. The pastoral task, it seems to me, is to live in both worlds at the same time amphibiously. But it sure isn't easy. One seems to exclude the other, and I feel I have to choose. It's tempting to throw your lot in one side of the other. That is certainly right for some people, but it never was for me. And I sense that you are not learning that way either. This is in his book, Letters to a Young Pastor. And, and I think it described maybe some of the tension I felt in my soul going into our time of rest was this place of uh, feeling like needing, I love his picture of being amphibious. Like, oh, there's people who are thriving and doing well and you're at weddings and there's babies being born. And then there are people who are suffering and going through loss and trauma um, of lost jobs or businesses or struggled in their health and you're at people's memorials. And both of those things are going on simultaneously. And it's easy to feel like you have to lean in more and more the other, but the reality is they're both going on all the time. And I think for even those who are watching this or those who will show up on Sunday, there is this unique weight that everyone's coming in with a different experience. There's those who are watching this and you're under immense pressure and stress and worry. And those who are watching this and this is maybe the greatest season of your life. And I think that's the beauty of the Word of God and the Spirit of God is that it works there. As a pastor, though, I think there's a great sense of humility that I've just grasped. Like, oh, I don't know how to do that perfectly. But a desire to walk into that humbly and in those spaces and to do my best to be present fully with those who are suffering and mourning and be present fully with those who are rejoicing. And I don't think that's just pastoring. I think that's just the role of the Christian as I would be called into that too. And so as I started realizing those things, <clears throat> probably my greatest epiphany, what I want to share with you is, I am shepherded. And Light Church is shepherded, not by me, but by Jesus. Listen to these words again. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters and he refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. And so, um, again, as I just spent the last couple of minutes just kind of sharing some insights and vulnerability into where what the Lord's been doing in me, it's a reminder of a couple of things. Number one, Jesus is my shepherd which I'm so thankful for. And number two, Jesus is the shepherd of Light Church. And all of us, more than a commitment to me or our worship team or children's ministry or whatever, whatever thing that you might connect with your open table is that we gather around the reality that Jesus is our shepherd. The second part of this poem talks about he's the comforter in the valley. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Um, I just wanted to share with you a story. 
uh, while we were away, we spent a couple of nights in Palm Springs. And um, while we were there, we were staying in this hotel and the fire alarm goes off at 1 a.m. And it just starts speaking like, please head to the exit right away. And so we have, we have four kids. All of us are sleeping. Um, so we grab the kids and they're like groggy and what's happening. And it goes from kind of groggy what's happening to fear. Like, wait, is there really a fire? And we're in the third floor as so we're walking down steps and we walk outside and everyone's coming out in their pajamas and we're looking at the building trying to find smoke and fire department's coming and we go into the lobby and my kids are trying to fall asleep on these like hard couches and chairs and and um vienna our seven-year-old is is distraught she's so worried she doesn't understand what's going on it's in the middle of the night there's alarms going off and in that moment the only thing that comforted her um wasn't telling her hey the fire department looked it it's okay we can go back to her room in 20 minutes or whatever she just wanted to be held there was a nearness that she had on my chest as I held her that finally calmed her down. And it was in that moment, as I'm holding my seven-year-old daughter, in the middle of the night in Palm Springs, as alarms are going off and fire engines are coming, and by the grace of God, I mean, nothing happened. But in that moment of uncertainty, my daughter wasn't running to a plan. She wasn't running to any sort of thing of like, okay, why? Well, she was running to her father. And as I was holding her, I just felt reminded by my shepherd that when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and for me, the past few weeks, it's just been struggling with anxiety that kind of came on from that one moment of an anxiety attack. It's just being honest. It's so easy to want to go and diagnose something overanalyze something and if you've struggled with anxiety you know it's the worst thing you can do is to overthink it um but just to remember oh it is the embrace of my father that i'm craving more than anything else and i just wanted to share that story just to to reiterate if you are walking through a valley right now you have a shepherd who cares for your soul a heavenly father welcoming you into his arms. And that maybe the only thing you need to get out of today's message is, would you run to that? Would you find yourself in his embrace? And the last part of this, this poem says he's the preparer of the table, right? You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. And I, I think this is one of the greatest pictures of the gospel we have. The picture of Yahweh preparing a table for us. He's welcoming us. He, he's provided for the meal. He's paid the cost. He set the table. He's done the inviting. And we just show up. And it is in the presence of the disarmed enemies of our souls. And I just think in moments when you're in the valley, I just want to encourage you, find comfort in the gospel that God looked at you, saw your soul, deemed it worthy enough to send his son into the earth to live a sinless life, 
ushering in the kingdom of God to die your death in your place so that you could be ushered into resurrection life. And I think for us, when the world feels complex and uncertain and the news articles and the social media posts just feel so noisy and loud, can I just, could we anchor ourselves in the gospel again? He's prepared a table for us. He's created the victory. He's paid the price. He's invited us in and we get to come and feast with him. But here's one thing I want to encourage you with. The gospel doesn't just point towards God's future redemption. It's present now. God shows up now. I just wanted to share it with just a really cool moment. Yesterday, as I was writing this message, um, I was I was frustrated because after taking two weeks off, I still felt tired, just to be honest with you. I had an amazing time. It was incredible. But I came in and I still felt lean of soul. And this is what happened. Before I read my sermon, I go on a run and I, I run into my call. My call is this amazing pillar man of God in our church. And he stops me and he just prays over me. And I was like, I remember walking, I'm like, man, I really needed that. And then I go and sit down at a bench to go write my sermon. And I run into Mark Foreman, who's the pastor at North Coast Calvary Chapel. Um, and again, just a huge legend and mentor of mine. And um, just ask me how I'm doing. We have this like 30 minute conversation. He just pours into me and encourages me. And I'm like, man, I really needed that. And then I go home and I get a FaceTime call uh, from Keith Jenkins, Jen and I's pastor and mentor. And he says, hey, it's like, hey, you've been on my heart. How are you doing? And we just, we're honest. We're like, hey, we just took, we had an amazing two weeks off. We, we still are feeling, quite honestly, tired. Um, and he just stops right there and prays for us. And, and you guys, it just, something just broke in me. Because that was exactly what I needed. And I was just reminded of that moment, like, what are the odds of running into three, having three significant conversations with, mentors in my life in the same morning right as I'm re-entering in and I just realized and that's when I changed the sermon to Psalm 23 I'm like man God you you are preparing a table before me now and I'll just encourage you if you've been in a long season know that God is not only preparing you a table someday he can do it now look for those signs, those moments where God brings comfort and clarity. This is, this is how the, the passage in the love is. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's his goodness, his unfailing love, his said love is chasing after you. I just want to leave you with this quote from Thomas Kelly, who's this... Um, old Quaker author. He's written one of my favorite books called Testament of Devotion. And I read this on our time off and it just so resonated with me. And, I, and I'm, I'm going to extend that to our church. He says this, In this day, when the burdens of humanity press so heavily upon us, I would begin not with techniques or services, but with the most serious call to a devout life a life of such humble obedience to the inner voice 
as we have scarcely dared to dream. Hasten upon him who calls you in the silences of your heart. The hound of heaven, right? The one who seeks us down with his goodness and mercy is ever near us. The voice of the shepherd is calling us home. Too long have we lingered in double-minded obedience and dared not the certainties of his love. For him do ye seek, all ye pearl merchants. He is the food of grown men. Not only is Yahweh the one who prepares the meal, he is the meal. He's what satisfies our heart and our soul's longing. So thank you for letting me just kind of speak from my heart today. Um, I know that where I'm at may not be where everyone's at. Um, but for me to try and be where everyone is at all the time would not be a true reflection. So if you are in a season of um, just joy and life, I just bless you in the name of Jesus. Um, if you've been in a season of the valley and you're needing to be led by the still waters, would you find comfort in his nearness today? And would you be reminded the same way I have, Jesus is the shepherd of my soul. He's the shepherd of this church. He's the shepherd of you. And would you just find comfort in that? And, and would you, again, whether life is going great or you are in a tough spot, um, would you center your life and your reality around that today? Thank you so much for uh, watching with us. Love you and bless you. Let me pray for you. Lord, we thank you so much that as a shepherd, you're near. God, as a shepherd, you lead. As our shepherd, you comfort and protect. And the Lord, no matter whether we're by the still waters or in the valley, Lord, you are near us. And God, thank you that you are and have prepared a table for us, Lord God. And would we not only thank you for it, but would we feast on it, Lord Jesus? Would we feast on your goodness and your presence, Lord? I just want to pray specifically for anyone here who feels exhausted because they've been fighting the good fight for so long. I pray right now, even through a screen, Holy Spirit, you can, you're right there with them. Would you just overwhelm them, cover them, breathe new life into them, and strengthen their bones, bring a renewal of their mind. And Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness towards us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us here at the Light San Diego podcast. This sermon was recorded in Encinitas, California. For more information, please visit our website, lightsandiego.com.